You're listening to Extra Takes, hosted by Northland Church lead pastor, Dr. Joshua Laxton. Tune in each week as Pastor Josh reveals the rest of the story behind his sermons. We'll discuss how those who follow Christ can live out a biblical vision for the church in the world today. Well, hello, family and friends. Welcome to another episode of Extra Takes. I am not Matt Shiles, but I do have my co-host Matt Shiles with me, and we actually have a special guest we do. today. We do. I mean, it's the one and only, the one and only, with the drum roll, Lauren Travers. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for having me. Well, it is so great to have you, Lauren. Like, you really are. You're like... I tell people all the time when they ask, well, what do you think about Lauren? I think she's a rock star. She's amazing. And we are grateful to have you and we are better for it. And so so thank you and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Too kind. Yeah, we've been wanting to get you into a conversation like this for a while. And as we were reflecting on this past week and everything that happened Mm -hmm. with miracles and, and all the behind the scenes stuff, um, we just thought, hey, this would be this would be a great thing for you to join. So we're excited for you to uh, give your insight into this conversation. Awesome. So as a reminder, we are in our Empowered series. We're working through Acts. And this week was Aeneas healed and Dorcas raised from the dead, Acts 9, 32 through 43. It was March 25th and 26th. So the main point, miracles are an M.O., modus operandi. That's a fancy word. It was fancy, but uh, I like it. Modus operandi sounds very, yeah. Very so you move to Central Florida and you start using some bigger words? No, I've, that always, one? I've okay. always used like, what I say, I've always, <laughs> I've always thought about modus operandi because I'm a mission guy, right? Yeah. It's the mode of operation. How, yeah. how, how does God operate? So what's his M.O.? Yeah. You know, does he have multiple M.O.s? And we, he does. So miracles are an MO of gospel ministry that advances God's mission. And as I looked up this idea of of modus operandi, um, a couple definitions, a distinct pattern or manner of working that comes to be associated with a group or individual, and also a particular way or method of doing something, uh, especially one that is characteristic or well established. So I use... Mo in the proper way. Then you did. Those did. would be and and just know that I've I've looked up those definitions before I use it just to make sure that I'm not trying to manufacture or manipulate like a, a term. But no, that that would definitely be something that you see through the Book of Acts that it really is a pattern. Uh, you know, yeah. again, it's a pattern. It's not the pattern, but mm-hmm. it is a distinct pattern that God uses as he as he advances his mission. Yeah. So we had 10 principles of miracles found in the Bible. I want to run through these 10, and then we'll get into the conversation because I think there's a lot of fun stuff for us to talk about today. Uh, So number one, miracles and the need for them remind us that everything is not okay. Number two, miracles aren't the only option for advancing God's mission. Number three, miracles typically come when you've exhausted all options. Number four, miracles are an outpouring of the inbreaking kingdom of God. Number five, miracles occur when God's people operate in faith. Number six, miracles might overlook some people while occurring in others. Number seven, miracles aren't necessarily prompted by people's obedience. Number eight, miracles do have an off switch. Number nine, miracles are a strategy of outreach. 
And 10, miracles aren't the objective. Jesus is. Now, I noticed on your little cheat sheet that you didn't underline M and O, but that's that's okay. <laughs> that was too much work. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I but let's see. Did I do it on, on my notes? Uh, I think. Oh, I did. Just just look at my notes. How I did it. Yeah. So. I don't even see. Oh, it. you don't see it right there. There's, there's oh, there we go. One. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can yeah. verify for everybody. Yes. He did do it in his yeah. notes. Mm-hmm. I was I was taking notes in service, and I was like, oh, that's really creative, but I ain't got time for that because you were moving on. So. Uh, I was moving fairly quickly yeah, this past weekend, yeah, so we could get to the real, real meat of it. So, so I wanted us to start with your 10th point. It seems to be a good one to guide us through this topic. Miracles aren't the objective. Jesus is. Um, and you said Jesus isn't the in the miracle working business for bigger crowds, but for converts. Yeah. So talk a little bit about um, why that's so important. Well, I mean, this is one of the things that I would say believers, if they're not careful, it's easy to get sidetracked mm. and even sideways mm. where we make it about everything but Jesus. Mm. So where we get so focused on the Bible study mm. and, and learning about Jesus that we actually miss Jesus. Now, again, mm. like Bible study, there's nothing wrong with Bible study. But if you're, if you're just learning to gain knowledge and not become more intimate with Jesus, you've missed the boat. You know, and and so, or coming to church, uh, or getting getting bent out of shape because something was what well, was moved around on you. So it kind of reminds me of the the book "Who Moved My Cheese," mm-hmm. you, you know. And mm-hmm. so, just because something changed, and, and you become and and you become upset or angry because that was like so. Again, the the, sh- the the focus has shifted on what's made you angry, not Jesus. And so, same thing with miracles. When you're praying for a miracle, you we we all have to be cautious of going. Are we praying for the miracle to the point where the miracle is now the objective, and we're not going to be satisfied unless the miracle happens, or is the objective still Jesus, and we're asking Him to move? Hmm. Uh, but He's more than enough because that that's what we see even with the life of Job, hmm. and he lost everything. Hmm. Lost everything. So in some sense, in that regard, as he's losing, miracles aren't happening. The, the reverse yeah. is, is happening is that he's experiencing the full-on-out fallenness of the world. Mm. But yet, he, you know, he makes this statement, though God slay me, yet, yet I will hope in him. Mm. Like God is enough. Mm. And so that's where I feel like it's so important that that we maintain the proper balance with miracles and realize that they are not the ultimate objective that Jesus is. So, well, there's there's something interesting that you described because you gave us you gave us ten points. I'm not sure you've you you've, you've given us six before or seven before, but you gave us ten. You gave us a lot of points, but you really said that you were challenged during your sermon prep that you wanted to to set aside some time in the service for us to not just get some head knowledge, but actually to experience it. And this is where I want to bring Lauren in because this is, this is part of the reason we wanted you part of this conversation because you have, you have a unique perspective. So um, just talk a little bit, Pastor Josh, at, at first about that sermon prep, what, what happened in that process of wanting to, to carve that out, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into the reality of, of what actually happened. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the, the, the short answer would be as, and this goes back months ago, as I was outlining the messages of how we're going to break it apart. Hmm. And, you know, I, I, in my mind, I wasn't necessarily thinking when I was breaking this apart that we're going to do this. Sure. But then... Yeah, because you originally had this message for next weekend, right? Yes, because I, I, I actually combined two messages in one okay. last week. And so, so because I instead of breaking up Acts eight into two different parts, I just combined it all because of the theme there. And that's right. T- sometimes that happens when you when you're trying to plan out, you know, in advance. But then this would go to show those of those of you who might be concerned. Well, where are you going to leave room for the Spirit to move? Well, the last two weeks will show you how. Mm. Is that when you get into the study time and you get into the study chamber? And you're like, all right, Lord, speak to me. Mm. And so I read this passage just once. And this was on Tuesday when I was reading it to actually sit down for the first time to say, all right, let me put my thoughts together. I read it the first time. I said, all right, immediately, I cannot, especially knowing that we've we've mentioned miracles mm. in the last couple of times that I have preached, I, I, I cannot just read this passage, preach on it without some demonstration of going, all right, God, we're just going to leave room for you, like, for for for, for you to move. Mm-hmm. So, and that was Tuesday. And then I get on the phone and I, I call Marsh and his team and I meet with them and say, here's what we're going to be doing. Just so that you know, I call Rob. And because normally my intense study day is not until Wednesday and Thursday. Mm. So, so <laughs> the Lord actually had me sit down on a Tuesday when I actually mm. had some free time mm. to sit down and go, okay, I'm going to start reading right now. And so that's how it came about. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and then to, just to know, like, really with my background being in Southern, you know, in Southern Baptist life, growing up, there wasn't a lot of talk about miracles, really wasn't a lot of talk about the Holy Spirit. I mean, you know, occasionally you, you would mention those, those, um, those entities of miracles and the Spirit. And what I really sense, particularly even putting this together, like this actually becomes a guideline you know, or guidelines for miracles of what the Bible would, would would really say. So basically, guidelines are you know you could even call them guardrails because I do think that you could you can either go one way, the extreme way of going miracles are either very rare or they don't happen, hmm. to going the all the other way, going miracles always happen, and if they don't happen, it's somehow your fault. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I really felt like even in this passion, yeah, we, we had to infer some things, but I definitely believe that we're safe in a, in inferring some things, right? I mean, it's kind of like inferring that uh, you, you know Mary and Joseph at some point they they actually had intimacy to have other children, uh, you know, after the miraculous. After the miraculous conception yeah. and uh, deliverance of of Jesus being being the uh, the Messiah, right? So, uh, anyways, you have to infer some things. So, yeah. I feel like we're very safe to infer some of the things that we are, but it definitely creates some some guardrails around how we can think f- through biblically miracles. Mm. Yeah, and that's fascinating to hear about how the Lord uh, moved you to study on Tuesday to give a little bit more space for some of that, yeah. some of that planning. Yeah. Uh, so Lauren, can you set up for us um, a picture of, of the response? Mm-hmm. So over those three services, um, because we had a, a good chunk of the service dedicated to that response and um, 
I mean, it was emotional. It was raw. It was the spirit was moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'll even give a little bit more background. So, Josh stopped me in the hallway Tuesday afternoon, like, "Hey, this is where I want to head this weekend," and I'm like, "Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do this," mm-hmm. and just begin to think about. What leaders and pastors and elders can I invite into this process to help support what this may look like? Mm. My brain always jumps to logistics, mm-hmm. but I try not to put a lid or a container on what God mm. may do and and how do you um, create space, have enough materials for you know executing something like this? Mm. You know, Addie came to me, hey, what if we made a, a miracle prayer card? Yes, absolutely. We want to be able to capture. Um, what people are praying for and and be diligent on follow-up, which we're working on um, today and tomorrow. Um, so that that was all kind of stirring uh, midweek after Josh came to me with this. and you know, it be, you know, it continues to get flushed out throughout the rest of the week, and leaders start to respond of, you know, hey, I'm available for these services. and mm. okay, Lord, is this enough? Do I need to, mm. you know, stretch the the ask out wider? <laughs> Um, and it and it came together beautifully. It was exactly what it was supposed to be. Mm. Um, you know, people showed up when we needed it. <laughs> it was wonderful. I mean, yeah. I was stationed by the prayer rooms to help facilitate the James Five prayers, and just to see the response. I mean, my jaw kind of dropped at the eleven o'clock service. We did over fifty uh, James Five prayers wow. in that back little corner. Which to me is so amazing. I mean, you know, we're in the middle of construction right now. Mm-hmm. That is one of the entrances and exits to the sanctuary. And, you know, I was like, are you asking for prayer or are you just trying to leave? Like, how can I help you? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and everyone, it was just, yeah. everyone was patient. Mm. Um, there was so much grace in, in all of the movement in the room. It was really cool to watch. Well, and it's remarkable. We, we know that there are needs within the congregation. Yes. But when you... Uh, when you see it, mm-hmm. right, all at once, right, it's a bit, um, it's a bit sobering, sobering. It's a bit overwhelming, mm-hmm. and it's just this like, okay, God, show up. So what I heard from you is, um, Pastor Josh, you, you said we're going to go this way, and you said, okay, let's set up some structure mm-hmm. to be prepared. Yep. We are expectant for mm-hmm. the Lord to move, um, and we know He did. We He did, and. I mean, even with the the response specifically in the James 5, at the 9 and the 11, I had to run to the bookstore to get more oil, <laughs> which was awesome. I'm like, Stacy, I'm coming to get more. Bill me later. <laughs> um, but it was so cool. You know, just the governing elders, you know, they were there at the 9. They came back for the 11, which was great. We had nine little pods of prayer happening all at once back there. Um, it was powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I connected with um, a couple that have been coming here for a while, and they've been they've been online for a while, and they mm-hmm. haven't transitioned to fully back in person. And they were watching it online at the nine, and they said, "We've got to go." So they came for the eleven. Really? Yeah, and I heard that several times from Pastor Gus as well. He was getting messages or, or heard family members say. Hey, we're gonna go home and bring so and so and come back again for worship because they need to be here. Wow! And I can say personally, my husband, um, you know, I get here early on Sunday mornings, and so it's kind of up to him if he's able to get all four kids dressed and out the door to come right. to church. And, and he goes, "Honey, I didn't think I was gonna make it, and you know, there was no excuse in the book. So you know, the Lord was like, you know, I need to be in that room, mm. and he ended up praying." Um, with someone in the room that it you know that needed to happen, and so that's why 
the Lord, you know, mm. helped get him get all four kids to church. <laughs> wow. wow. That's, that's awesome. Amen. So how about you? What are some other maybe stories or, you know, sight sounds? How did you feel? I mean, what? talk a little bit about your uh, your experience praying with, with all those people. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I've never in 40 years of attending corporate gatherings, I've never experienced anything like that. Hmm. I didn't even, like, I didn't even, I, I had no, ex, like, I really did. I, I went into that weekend with no expectations. Hmm. I didn't know how many people would come. You know, it would just be a handful mm-hmm. because again, I, I let you know, and, and you know, Marsh and I, we talked about this and kind of really at the end is that next time we we do this, we'll we'll definitely move songs to the end, mm-hmm. even leave more like really more more time. Mm-hmm. But we left like fifteen minutes because we knew that we had people all over. You know, fifteen twenty minutes, so we knew that we had people all over the room. But in every gathering, I mean, thirty, forty five, I didn't leave the actual auditorium until 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. I'll let that sink in. <laughs> 1 p.m. So um, wow. that was the last That was the last person mm-hmm. I prayed for. And mm-hmm. I turned and I looked at the clock and I'm like, wow. Yeah. So that's just, you, you know, um, and I said this at, you know, at the nine o'clock is that we never have the right to disrupt God, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. God always has the right to disrupt us. Mm-hmm. And so, and I feel like that's what he did. And so that that's that was that was beautiful there. Mm. The other thing that I walked away from going or or thinking about is so I wouldn't say like so I do believe that there are, there are people that have the gift of prayer. Like there are prayer warriors and yeah. many of you when I say that that term prayer warriors you're like, "Oh, I know that prayer." Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just know how I mean, they 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 can spend I mean, I mean, I would say even hours praying. Oh, yeah. um, yeah. You know, I, I have I have in some sense sometimes spiritual ADHD where I mean I can pray, but then my mind begins to and I, you know, and so that's where I I love what Paul says: pray without ceasing. That I do believe that I live in a state of prayer, meaning that I go in and out talking mm-hmm. to the Lord. But this past weekend gave me a new perspective of prayer ministry. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it is exhausting. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Not not in a negative way. Nope. But listening. Yeah. Discerning, and then now articulating to God, praying for God to move mm-hmm. in this individual or this couple's life, mm-hmm. and then to do that, you know, for thirty, forty-five minutes, uh, nonstop. So it's physically. Emotionally, mentally, and and spiritually exhausting, mm-hmm. and I even felt like at the end, and like you know, I'm just I'm constantly you know I'm wanting to hear, I'm wanting to all right, Lord, you know, but feeling physically drained oh, yeah. at the end. So, did you get a nap yesterday? <laughs> I, so after I ate, it was it was like we Joni and I we were sitting there and I we were watching something, and I I I just fell asleep. And I'm like, what happened at the end? <laughs> did they catch the guy? <laughs> so, uh, but but yeah, I did. I, I mean, I crashed hard. Yeah, I did too. My so. husband was like, "Can we talk for like 15 minutes?" I'm like, "Honey, I will do my best, but I am falling asleep." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, will you talk about you know the needing to be present, mm-hmm. active listening, mm-hmm. 
um, and then really wanting to uh, to steward that moment well. Uh, I experienced this yesterday, and I have before, where where you feel like, and I'm curious if you have as well. As you're praying, you feel like the prayers are prophetic, and you're like, "Man, I just, I you don't always know." It happened, I think, twice yesterday. I don't always know how what I'm saying is hitting them, but it feels like. I don't know why I'm praying these words, right? I feel like I, this is what the person needs to hear. And, um, and especially when you're praying for physical healing, um, I've experienced, you know, there's a bit of um, total reliance on the spirit, mm. it, it, hel- a helplessness in a good way, right? Yeah. I can't do this. I'm trusting you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're trust, you know, and they're more... Um, more hungry for it than I am, and I'm just trying to, mm-hmm. you know, communicate uh, through intercessory prayer on your behalf. So, yeah. um, so I think there's there's something that happens in that moment to both the individual, right, praying, and the one receiving as mm-hmm. well. And it's uh, it's just a wonderful thing to put your body in that place mm-hmm. to to experience that. Mm-hmm. Any other any other kind of comments or thoughts about that um, before we we move on I mean that hit me a little bit because I like have to process before I like present or talk or yeah. I mean even pray sometimes me too. Yeah. and so in the moment it's like okay Lord you really got to speak because I am not mentally prepared to you know have words come out of my mouth right now so yeah I experienced that as well this weekend yeah yeah that's one of all, always the prayers I have is Lord give me the words yes Lord give yeah. me the words yes yeah well, and the the discern. I mean, and there is a part of discerning. Like, you mm-hmm. know, do they need? When I say, do they need healing? Or, or, or in some circles, they use a prophetic word. Now, some people will use that differently than what I just use it. Because the prophetic word is that you, you really are speaking truth. I would say speaking truth over their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so that you you are you are prophetically speaking what they need mm. yeah so like so for instance let's say somebody comes to me and go i i need a miracle because I, i'm um i'm in this state of just loneliness and i've been there for for a long time okay so so the miracle is now for, for me is okay so the miracle is more a prophetic declaration that you're 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 praying now that they would see that Jesus will never leave them nor forsake them. Mm. Yeah. That Jesus, he yeah. is closer than a than a than a brother. That G, like and so you are declaring mm. now the prophetic utterances of the the word of God over their life. Yeah. And so and, and so the healing might be the, this prophetic word of speaking truth over their life more so than just providing them because because the other thing is is like let's just take somebody you know and I actually prayed for I you know I'm, I'm multiple people um, like I'm praying for a a spouse yeah and I've been praying you know and so and so part of the prophetic prayer of healing is that they become completely fully satisfied in Jesus mm. as they wait patiently on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how many times I, you know, declared Isaiah, I waited patiently for the Lord and mm-hmm. he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the out of the miry clay, he said, you know, so you're declaring that mm-hmm. over their life. And so so that actually is part of I, w- I would say 
prayer ministry and, and and healing in that regard is that you're bringing that that con, you know confidence over them because you're praying scripture over them mm-hmm. yeah 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 and what I think was helpful was before we started this time you asked the question do you need a miracle and you listed out different areas and uh, in those areas addiction mental emotional or an, an attitude change. Mm-hmm. Um, miracles with your family, financial, vocational, relational, physical, spiritual, and you really highlighted this this spiritual there. Yeah. Um, and we had, and I had, and I just had multiple people. I mean, teenagers, mm-hmm. adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm coming from for spiritual healing. I'm giving my life to Christ, and so that was you did. I did. Yeah. Wow. Just kind of, wow. Yeah. Amen. So yeah, yeah. Saturday. And and both on Sunday, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We had over um, two hundred people come forward throughout all three services. Wow, yeah, wow. So we captured about two hundred and three, but there were a lot more yeah. um, beyond that, yeah. which is really amazing. Because we didn't we didn't even capture any on Saturday. Not from you. Not from yours. Oh, not from me. Yeah, oh, from others. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yep. yeah. But yeah, so. and to back to the first point that yeah. you mentioned, a lot of them were like. In the name of Jesus, I want to yeah. do this, or yeah. I want to feel this, or I want mm. to be mm. healed from this. So that is really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. So you talk about miracles, and, and in the church world, this idea of miracles uh, can be possibly contentious. And when you're talking about miracles today, mm. um, two words that come to mind this idea of cessationism and con- continuationism. Yeah. Can you just maybe quickly define those for us? And then the the main question is, are these labels even helpful for us today? Well, I would just, I would just say right off the top, I don't think the labels are helpful for us. Okay. Because, I mean, even if someone claims to be a cessationist, meaning now, because that, that might even be convoluted, because are they saying the the, the spiritual gifts are no longer in operation mm. versus the act, the act of, you know. So you, you, and that's where I'm like, we're living in a day and age where you just have to define your terms. So what do you yeah. mean by yeah. the fact that you are a cessationist, right? Are you saying that the gifts of miracles and prophecy and tongues are no longer in operation? Um, you know, so meaning that there's not someone who has the gift of miracles, someone who has the gift of, you know, or, 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 yeah. Or are you saying that in its entirety, these things don't exist? So again, it just depends, right? Uh, so in a continuationist, what, what does that mean? Uh, because I, I, you know, at least from my understanding now is that, that, I believe that God can operate through any believer in these regards, mm-hmm. that he can use any believer to, mm-hmm. to give a, when I say a prophetic word, and again, that's how I used it, like declaring truth yeah. over someone's mm-hmm. life. Like, and, and some people would use it to, to say, well, you know, an example that, that I've, I've heard. And again, I, I'm not saying that this is just my own understanding is that somebody could get up and go, um, I'm getting a prophetic word that somebody here this past week got uh, got news about a stomach, you know, pain or something, you know, and I, I don't know. I don't know. And the reason why, and this is where I am what, what I, if you want to label me anything, I am a biblicist. 
I'm just going to deal with the text. Mm. You, you know, and so I, I, do, I don't necessarily see where those things like, you, you know, where Paul's saying, hey, anybody, I, you know, but, but, but particularly in the New Testament, I definitely see the, these prophetic utterances where we're declaring truth. Mm. Um, you know, miracles. I mean, like that's why, like I, I didn't want to necessarily call that a healing service. Mm. I, I don't know. I, again, I, and and I'm I'm still learning, so I want to always preface that, like I'm still learning. I'm still a student of God's word, but I, I don't necessarily see anywhere in the New Testament where they had quote unquote healing services. I mean, Peter came here and it wasn't even a service. You're healed, you know, Jesus <laughs> as he went. You, you know, um, and so, and, and I definitely hear of, of of things that are happening, you know, around the world where it's not, and again, it's not to say that you can't have a healing service mm-hmm. and that people don't have healing services and experience miracles. I'm not saying that, that but I'm just saying, I just want to deal with what I know, uh, which is in scripture. And so, um, so that's why I'm a continual, you know, I'm, I'm a continuist. I do believe that these things are still in operation, and and there's a handful of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is that if they cease to exist, I, I, I mean, I just believe in this. I, I believe that God would be clear that he would say that they cease to exist. Now, mm-hmm. some people would use 1 Corinthians 13, and they would say, um, and let me just turn there real quick, because here's what they would they would say about 1 Corinthians 13 and when it comes to like prophecies or miracles. So, um, he, so Paul writes, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. And then he goes on to, to say this, though, um, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. So, so some will interpret that, that these things have ceased because now we've entered into it. I, I, I don't read it that way, um, you know, because I think Paul's making another point. But, but anyways, I, I'm still very much this, this, this person who believes that, that, that God's MO in the New Testament is still very much alive here in the 21st century. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and as you were laying out the, the 10 principles, and I was thinking about this, you know, this is, this is very much a nuanced conversation because in my experience, um, the, typically churches, a lot of times they will either um, be continuationist and, and it'll really be evident in their services or cessationist and or whether they call themselves cessationists or not, they're like functional cessationists where they, like you talked about, barely even talked about the Holy Spirit. This idea, this topic doesn't even come up. Where what you did this weekend, you brought the topic up, but you said, hey, I'm not just going to have a you know two pithy things. I'm going to this is a nuanced conversation, and you really, it seemed like you tried to speak to all the different areas. All the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, because it's a, like, not only is it a sensitive topic, but if you just say God's in the miracle working business, and you tell that to somebody, and they need a miracle, and and miracle doesn't happen, 
well, God must not be real. And that's part of the nuance is like, all right, so yeah. let's really dive into. That's why I feel like the 10, you know, these 10 principles really become these guardrails mm-hmm. or this this built out biblical framework of of, of miracles. And mm-hmm. so that, that's where when you look at just the options, you got you got some options there of how God works. And yeah. he may choose to work in another way and not through a miracle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I did. I wanted to be very sensitive about that, um, and, and especially being a non-denominational church, because I think sometimes people want to know well, what does it mean to be a non-denominational church, you know? And I think it's here that we we get the freedom to say, yeah, you know what we we don't have to fit into a when I say a denominational box or a theological box that we really do have the the full on out ability to be. Biblicist to be to be truly Bible centered and not to try to fit into any kind of denominational category and because I would say that probably this weekend you probably did have maybe some people that maybe came from more of a like kind of my background a Southern Baptist went eh, I don't know about this <laughs> but if you deal with but if you look at these points I think you could go away going okay. All right. I mean, like, that makes me, you know, comfortable. And then you could have people from more of a charismatic or a Pentecostal background that, I mean, I even had people come up and you could definitely, you know, tell that they were, they were probably more from that background uh, because somebody said, hey, I would love for you to give me a prophetic word. And, and, and so, okay, so I'm going to declare truth over your life, (laughs) you you know, um, and and that, you know, I had people, you know, uh, spirit filled, you know, and that's sometimes that, that, that is more. Of, uh, of of um, charismatic Pentecostal, but I want to be I want to be spirit filled, and so um, I mean, so I love the non denominational at least tag on us because I feel like it gives us a way to really when I say cast a a a, a wider kind of like tent or you know really to cast a wider tent for a larger evangelical guy. You know when I say people. Uh, that that is centered around Jesus and His Word, and not necessarily just what I was taught to believe growing up. Because again, yeah. like growing up, I was I was taught to believe this. I was taught to be a cessationist. Mm-hmm. But over the last twenty years, reading, studying, and actually, I mean, my heart's desire is to lead a first century church in the 21st century that is that is really my heart's desire mm. so therefore the blueprint is going to be the book of acts and that's 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 what i desire mm. and so um so as you were describing that it reminds me of another term you've used before is the messy middle <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what being a non-denominational church allows us to do and the challenge with the messy middle is is um, the uh, there's an opportunity, right? You you can speak to a broad spectrum of people, but the challenge is you can you can make both sides or many sides angry, <laughs> if not if not done with care, or alienated, or hey, this isn't my church now. So in terms of sermon prep, like, did you have that in mind? Did you have our audience in mind, or did it as you were? Going through those ten points, did it just kind of work out that way that there was there was this nuance added in? 
I mean, yes, I always have the, you know, I always have our people in mind when when I'm preparing, and I think that's part of why, like, I would, you know, I would, in, you know, kind of infer, uh, a, you know, kind of a, a couple of things there, like exhausted sure. all options. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, because I know that, I mean, I waded into it. I mean, and, and, and knowing that I had limited time about medicine, but one of the things that I even wanted to talk about and I didn't have time is, you ever thought about where where sickness originated? And, and again, not not we know it originated in the fall, but where it originates to, you know, kind of to Today. Like it can come through fallen creation. So creation acts in an adversarial way. So where do you think viruses and bacteria? Where, where do, I mean, that's that's in the created order and those things attack our body. And then you even have vocational hazards. So if you're a painter, an industrial painter, like one of the things that my dad's even dealing with now is that he has this cough because for, I mean, he's 75 now. So for... I don't almost like the last 50 years he's been in the painting business and he's breathed in lead paint. Mm-hmm. So so when you when you read Genesis 3 and part of the hazards now vocationally of the fall is that thorn and thistles. Well so so me, I think it might be mesothelioma or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that that is a hazard mm-hmm. that that can attack your body because of vocation, right? And then uh, sickness can come from fallen bodies, just physical bodies that were affected at the fall. So old age, injury from maybe even a mistake, um, you, you know, that, that you have, um, you know, so arthritis, I mean, that though, again, that that's part of the fall. And then it can come from the demonic world. So when you read, when you read the gospels and you see that this boy is demon possessed, but, but this demon has thrown him into fires. Like I, and, and this is where you, it is a messy middle and that's why you want to be very discerning, but teenagers who cut themselves, I, 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 I'm, I'm not one of those that would say every teenager that cuts themselves would be demon possessed, but I would dare say that there are some teenagers that have been possessed by an evil spirit that harms themselves, and the reason why they do it is because they are uh, they are possessed. Mm-hmm. And so, because I, because it goes back to even what the Apostle Paul said is that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers mm-hmm. and authorities uh, of the. Uh, of the demonic world, right? And and so I, I believe that they exist. And that's part of where, you know, this, you know, when, when you talk about miracles and healing and deliverance and all of that, you do, if you're going to wade into that, you do have to wade into the spiritual realm. Uh, so so that's where, I mean, you know, again, I, I didn't wade into all of that this, this past weekend, but I had some of it, in, you know, kind of in my notes of just even where the origin of sickness. And so therefore, when you're asking for a healing, mm. you're really trying to even discern that. Like, so when you're at, you know, I had multiple people come up to me about anger, you know, okay. So, I mean, just think about where anger might even originate, yeah. right? Because it's a secondary emotion. So something, something is, you know, and so you have to discern like, sure. wh- what is the anger? Be- because, you know, and that's why I would even say, I would even pray on occasion th- this past weekend, if there is a spirit you know, of anger, will, will will you dispel that spirit because you know, because that spirit has no authority in this person's life? Mm-hmm. You, you know, so you know, or is it a- anger because I mean, so there's there's a lot of a lot of things there, but 
But then when you think of being in exhausting all options, well, what have you done? Have you gone to see a counselor? Uh, have you, you know, I mean, some people are on medication to, um, uh, to help with, you know, kind of these, um, I would say, emotional yeah. issues. You know, so, I mean, it, it, it's a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm glad you, you talked about the idea of medicine and miracles. And, uh, and again, that's, like you said, that was that's a whole topic where you can just get into the messy yep. middle and, and well, that, well, step yeah. in it. So. Well, I, well, I you know, wonder, and I haven't gotten any any backlash yet, but I, you know, and I think it kind of <laughs> yeah. shows maybe because if I was in some circles and I said, if it, you know, one shouldn't be waiting on a miracle when there is medicine. Mm. I know some people have an issue with that. Mm-hmm. I know. Yep. But but then this is where though, from a biblical worldview, how do you view medicine? Because I view it as part of the creation mandate oh, that great. we have in a fallen world that we cultivate the raw materials. Now, but let's get into some medicine though right now because we live in a society where we have a lot of uh, technological innovation where let's just say sex change, bring it up. Okay, well that that that, that I mean that's altering one's body that God has given you. Mm. You know, so and that's part of where when I think about, you know, that that medicine can be seen and used in a secular and abusive manner. When you rely and praise medicine rather than than God, okay, well we got an issue there. Mm. Uh, to use medicine that you don't need to make you feel a certain way. That would classify in this case. Like, so if you're wanting a sex change because you feel this as opposed to what God has given you, again, if your feelings are leading you to believe in medicine that will, that you think medicine will make you feel a certain way and to be whole and complete, okay, then, then we, we have deviated from a biblical worldview about medicine. Mm-hmm. But, but if, but if, but medicine truly is an act. Uh, you, you know, of the creation mandate where human beings cultivate raw materials for the good of human beings and ultimately for the glory of God. And so that's why I like I'm I'm pro medicine. Now, sometimes you might have to weigh out the side effects, too, mm. because I understand that medicine today, uh, depending on what medication it is, that side effects might be worse than the actual curbing of the illness mm-hmm. so you you there you have to practice discernment and so again i didn't i wasn't able to get into all of that sure and because again that that's a, that may not even that's more of a discussion than it is sometimes even a sermon sure yeah but but yeah so you you do have to operate with some discernment there but yeah but the general principle is that is that you know don't sit there and wait on a miracle when god has provided you mm-hmm. Medicine, because yeah. um, I do think that it, I, that we're okay to infer that when Jesus says the sick need a doctor, uh, even Doctor Luke, I mean, the, you know, the, the man who wrote the Book of Acts, he was a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, think about it this way: so Paul and I, and I actually had written this down too. So, Paul, how many times did he get beat? You know, with a cat of nine tails. My, you know, I think it was five times. Um, did I write it somewhere in my notes? I, I, I believe it was. It was it was either four or five times, okay. but he has Luke there. Do, hmm. do you think he just again? We don't see it in the Bible where he's like, "God, will you will you heal me miraculously of my?" Uh, now we did see him get beat one time, and he was left out you know, of the city for dead. But he just walks back in. You know, and people are amazed. Mm. I mean, so God obviously gave him supernatural power to get back up after a beating, but he got beat a couple more times after that. Mm. You know, so why is Luke there? 
probably to care for him, yeah. probably to bandage him up. Yeah. You, you know, so I, so I think that there is room for us to see God working in medicine and not just miracles. Mm. So, yeah, Amen. And um, and yeah, that was just that was one point, but that could be an entire. Yeah, uh, sermon obviously. So as we're as we're wrapping up, I want us to to consider one last question, um, and this will be for all of us. How how do we want to remember this weekend? Hmm. Um, you know, the sights, the sounds, the emotions, the the teaching, all of that. How do we want to remember this weekend? Who wants to go first? I'll let Lauren then you. Okay, and then we'll give you the final word. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, um, I mean, I'm a logistics brain, so my question is, when are we doing this again? <laughs> you know, I just think that mm. it's been a long time, if ever, that I've been a part of a larger calling like this mm. in service. Mm. And I would say to the congregation, if you didn't come forward this weekend and you still want to seek a miracle prayer, email us, call us. Yeah. I mean, we do James 5 prayer all the time. So don't let a missed opportunity this weekend stop you from getting that prayer. Um, I would say, too, there's something about prayer in groups. Mm. Um, and just talking to a few individuals, I'm like, what you're talking about, we need we need to pray together for and and some people don't think about it like that, hmm. um, but I think there is a a, a powerful um, moment um, when you do it collectively. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would just encourage folks who who maybe were on the fence and didn't come forward to a location to to still uh, continue to pursue that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a a great point because. You know, there can be some apprehension yes. to do that yep. in a service, but also a um, a recognition that um, we have done and will be doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, James five prayer. Yes. Um, and also caring for people in all of these different ways. Yes. Absolutely. Let me let me speak to because here's something that I thought about because when we were talking about like when I was talking to at least a couple about logistics, you know, at first I had wanted. To put up, you know, so the list that I gave, I wanted to put up stations. That was my first thought Mm -hmm. was to put up stations. So if you have an addiction, you come over here. So we have people over there. Like, so put up. And then, you know, and and one of the feedback that I got was, well, people might be embarrassed. To which I replied, I said, well, when you look at this, this, this typical principle of miracles is that miracles typically come when all options have been exhausted. Mm. So if people are embarrassed about coming forward for a miracle, then they have not hit the point Mm. of desperation yet. Mm. Because that's the whole point about a miracle. Mm -hmm. Is like, think about Mark 2. When these guys are coming to bring their lame friend, that, I mean, could you imagine the what are what are these numbnuts doing? I don't know, yeah, 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 you know. So uh, yeah, anyway, this is extra takes, and this is not on the weekend. So, but it's kind of like what 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 are they doing? And, and then they're starting to dig a hole, not on their roof, through the roof. Like, yeah. yeah, they were desperate. Like, yeah, they're not yeah. raising the roof. 
those suckers are destroying the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, mm. they were desperate for their friend. Yeah. Or think about blind Bartimaeus. Mm. You know who's on the side of the road? The son of David. Have mercy. Have son. Like, bro, come on. Come, like, when you get to a point mm. that you need a miracle, you don't care who sees you. Mm. You don't care what you look like. Hmm. That's the whole point. Because here's the thing. If you are thinking about what other people are thinking about me, about walking forward and getting prayer, then you might not not be in that place where you're desperate enough for a miracle. Yeah, well said. And so, so that again, that's where you know. And I'm glad we did it the way we did. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, but that was my that was my comeback of going. Listen, I, I, if people need a miracle, I don't think they're I don't think they're really concerned because I I mean I, I I saw people that I'm like, I mean when you have couples come down th- that we need a miracle. Mm-hmm. I mean they're they're, te- they're you know mm-hmm. they've gotten to the point where we need to got to intervene. And so and they don't care. And that's where I'm like, you, you know, if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I wish I would, you know, or I would have got, you know, or but I did. You know. Listen, you might not be you might not be there yeah. for a miracle. And that's OK. Yep. You, you might have some other options. Mm-hmm. But if you get to that where you've exhausted all options, mm. you don't care. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, so that's, you, you, you mentioned that. And so I'm like, yeah, that was a good point for me to, yeah, yeah, yeah. you that's know, great. kind of throw that, mm-hmm. throw that thought in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, the um, just this idea of definitions can be very needed and helpful for us, especially when we're trying to enter into conversations that um, can be contentious. I mean, I think last week um, during extra takes and maybe in the service, you said we will spend more time debating than praying. Yeah, uh, that's very you know that's very convicting, and and one way we can get around that is by having good, strong definitions that we can feel comfortable in entering into that messy middle and entering into these conversations and having a nuanced conversation without without alienating mm. the different camps um, and, you know, uh, exposing people to the Word of God yeah. in, in a way that they might not have, um, have appreciated yeah. in the past. Maybe they've read it, but they didn't really appreciate it because it didn't come from their faith tradition or anything. So, Or, you know, nobody's broken it down for them like that, you sure. know, mm-hmm. uh, to, to give them a uh, like a, a solid framework of, of thinking through it that it, that is nuanced, that yeah. it, it's not leaning so far this way and so yeah. far that yeah. way, but it really tries to be to be very balanced. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll give you the, yeah. the final word. Yeah, you know, so... Yeah, a couple of a couple of thoughts about this weekend is that it it, it definitely it definitely won't be the last time we do it uh, in terms of for a a corporate gathering and 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 I, I really did love because I, I mean I was so kind of in it that I didn't even hear like Marsh because I knew that they were going to in some sense dismiss people but because I was so in the moment I didn't even hear it. Like I love it, hmm. I, you know. Mm-hmm. So we want to be a a church that that is operating in the spirit, mm. and so just because we have gathering times, that, I hope I hope people see that this weekend that doesn't mean anything to the Lord. That we're not just reserving from nine. To ten twenty for the Lord, and from eleven to twelve twenty, 
that we do want to operate and give him room to to move. And I love that. Because as a pastor, I could go. I wonder how many, you know, wonder how many people just, you know, thought we were kooky, you know, for, you know, like, well, sure. you know, uh, God was dealing with some people, yeah, and and so, and that's ultimately why we're here. Mm. We're not we're not here to hit a numerical number of how long our gatherings will go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're here to see the Spirit move. And that's where you can you can search your heart and say, hey, this this conviction was this because of numbers? Was this conviction from the Lord or not? Right? And if it was from the Lord, well, that's where yeah, I mean, like Lord, yeah, and that, again, and this is where I, I mean, and I'm very always careful. I sense that the Lord said this. Uh, I mean, I I didn't hear him audibly. Sure, I just sense is this what he wanted. Um, and then when I look at what happened, I, I go back and go, I my, I feel like my discernment was right. Um, and, and then the, the other thing that I, you know, and what to, even to Lauren's point, we, we don't want this to, we, we don't want you to feel like you have to wait for the next Mm. gathering that we would carve out space for this to happen for you to get prayer. And so we we definitely want to work on, and I've even talked to, to Marsh about this, of, you know, of of even providing space in service where if you have a if you have a prayer need right now, we'll have some people off to a side as we worship. Like we want to we want to minister to to you. Um, and then the uh, the 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 last thing that I would say is that it was impactful for me because by by doing this, you really do get to see what people are are struggling with. Yeah. What what season of life they're going through right now. And so it even makes, and I'm hoping and praying that it even makes me a better pastor yeah. and, and preacher. So I'm, I'm aware of what, um, of again, the, some, some trends that we're seeing even in our own people. So that, that's what I'm, I'm grateful for this, this past weekend. Mm. Wonderful. So. Well, Lauren, thanks for joining us. This was a great conversation. Thank you. Well, Northland family and friends, thank you for tuning in to this week's Extra Takes episode. We are truly grateful for you. Hey, if you wouldn't mind, if you haven't done this yet, if you could just give us a rating. And that would go a long way to continuing to get the word out that we actually offer Extra Takes. So we love you. We are grateful to God for you. So until next time, blessings. Thanks for listening to Extra Takes. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you won't miss a single episode. 